Welcome to the Victory World Outreach Podcast. We pray this message brings encouragement and inspiration to your life. Hallelujah. Well, I want to uh, take a minute, just a short time tonight. I'm, how many are anxious to pray? I'm anxious to pray, so I, I want to not take very long. And uh, I was just thinking about how much I appreciate these Wednesday night prayer services. I'm grateful for our pastors that put this in place and that we're a church that prays, that we're not just counting on a few people. We're not just praying on or counting on, you know, quote unquote prayer warriors, but we're all meant to pray and we're all meant to be a part of what God is doing. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that. And so tonight I just want to give a couple of thoughts that, that sort of came to me as I was reading my Bible this week in this particular passage that, that jumped out to me and encouraged me. And I I feel like every time I I come to a prayer service or a time of prayer, more than anything, I need encouragement. I need need something that stirs me and and makes me feel like I'm able to pray or makes me feel like I'm qualified sometimes to pray because nobody else knows what I'm going through, but I know. And it's the same for you. Nobody else knows. You know, a lot of you I haven't seen since Sunday. I have no idea what's going on since Sunday. But in each one of us, there's a lot that's happened. And, and you might be feeling all kinds of different ways tonight. And, and that's really what I want to speak to. And, and if there's any title for this message, I just thought it's not complicated. I am so glad the gospel is not complicated. Every time I get up to preach, that's what encourages me and keeps me from panicking. Like, you know, it's just understanding that the gospel is simple. In fact, it's so simple that I think a lot of times people miss it because we, we think things are so complicated. We think things are, are more complicated they are than they really are. And I remember not too long ago, I was at the chiropractor and um, I started talking to this lady who was working on my back and, and I just began to share the gospel with her. And she said something to me that I've heard different people say, maybe you've heard this or something like this. I was just asking her, has anyone ever told you about Jesus? And and she knew that, uh, that I was a Christian and she said something to the effect of, I am a spiritual person, but, uh, but I'm not religious. Has anybody ever heard anyone say that before? Does that make any sense, by the way? I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I don't know what that even means. What I think they're, what, what, what I think it actually means is they're thinking there's something so deep and so unattainable to the human mind. And, and, you know, there's something out there in the cosmos that it has to be more complicated than just believing in Jesus. There must be something deep out there and, you know, but, but somehow I'm a spiritual person and I feel that and I know that, but I haven't reached it yet or I don't know. I don't claim to know what that is. And there's, there's another time when I was in Kenya and, and uh, with Pastor Jones and we were taking Ubers to different places. And I think I've mentioned this before, but I, every time we were in, in an Uber, I was talking to people and I would ask them, are you a Christian? You know, Kenya, there's a lot of Christians there, and, and they would, almost all of them said, yes, I'm a Christian. And then I would say, are you saved? Have you been born again? And they would say, no, I've not saved. Again, what does that mean? 
you're a Christian, but you're not saved. And, and, and you know, it's, it goes back to just the gospel is simple. I believe the gospel is simple. I believe the Bible proves that the gospel is simple. And, and this is not on the screen, but in 1 John chapter 5, verse 12, it says, He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. That's it. It's as simple as it gets right there. If you have Jesus in your heart and you keep Jesus in your heart, you have life. You're, you're saved. You're going to make it. If you don't have Jesus in your life, you're not. Amen. And you can receive him tonight. Thank God for that. But that is the gospel and, and how simple it is. And I think when it comes to prayer and, and, or when it comes to doing anything for God, we just complicate things. We make it more complicated. We talk our way out of things. You know, even I can speak for myself. Sometimes the thought of praying is so daunting because like I said earlier, I know what's been going on in my life. I know how unqualified I really am. And, and uh, this brings me to Matthew chapter 5. I should have had you turn there already. If you've got your Bibles, turn over with me to Matthew chapter 5. And this is what I read earlier this week, and I just thought it was so good. And, and if, you, if you don't know, Matthew chapter 5 is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. And this sermon, just to give, build a little picture in your mind, this is the most meaty sermon that has ever been preached ever in human history. This is Jesus Christ and, and, uh, preaching. It's from Matthew 5 all the way through Matthew 7. And you can look in your Bible, if your Bible has headings, every subject you can imagine. Jesus, I just imagine this sermon, I mean, you, you go home tired. It's every subject you can imagine. And what it is, is it's Jesus giving instruction on how to live as a Christian. And and it talks about, like I said, all kinds of things. And, and uh, there's Jesus his disciples are there and there's a crowd gathering to hear him. And I just picture Jesus getting ready to preach this sermon. It's the most famous sermon of all time. And, uh, you know, as a speaker, you have to know your audience. And Jesus is looking at these people. And I believe we're going to see how he begins this sermon and this will make sense. But I believe that Jesus was looking at these people and he thought to himself, if I just give them a list of all these things that you need to do to live like a Christian, if I just unload all of this on these people, they're not going to catch it. They're, they're going to think, I'm not, that's not for me. I'm not good enough. I'm not close enough to God. I haven't made it enough. I'm not spiritual enough. How many have ever thought that? Maybe you've heard somebody preaching and you thought, well, that's for somebody way better than me. I'm just trying to stay saved today or whatever it is. And so I love how Jesus begins the most famous, the meatiest sermon that's ever been preached. If you look with me at Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, One day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. And starting in verse 3, he says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. I could stop right there. That, that really is the simplicity of the gospel. Who is God looking to bless? Tonight, who is God looking to bless? Is it the most spiritual of us? Is it the person who has the most eloquent prayer? The person who can pray the longest? The person who can keep their eyes closed the whole time? You know, th this to me is, he's talking to real people. Let's continue. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. 
God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those whose hunger, uh, who, who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who will work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Verse 11, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And, and I just kept reading through this list. And to me, what he's doing here is he's telling, I mean, he's got a group of people there. You have to think this was not Jesus's first time preaching in public. He's been doing miracles. He's been, I mean, this is the most famous preacher who's ever lived. People have seen and heard him preach. So there's all kinds of different people there. His disciples were there. There were probably people who have heard him before. There were probably people who had never heard Jesus preach, and, and this was their opportunity. And he, to me, he's leveling the field there. And, and this is what encourages me for us tonight, is he's basically saying, listen, some of you, you're, you're mourning, some of you, you're, you're lowly, you're humble, you're broken, whatever, you, I'm here for you. And as I get down to pray, get ready to get down to pray tonight, that's what encourages me is whatever I'm facing, no matter how disqualified you feel, God wants to bless you. You are qualified to pray tonight. And not just to pray, by the way, you are qualified to get an answer to your prayer. No matter what you've done in your past, not only can you pray and ask God and, and it's, you know, fingers crossed, hope he answers. No, you are qualified to see God do a miracle that only God can do in your life. He is looking for people that are broken. He's looking for people that are lowly. And, and as I said, he's getting ready to preach this sermon and tell these people how they should live. But to me, this is a, a window into the heart of God that he thinks, before I do that, let me let them know this is for them. Let me let them know that all these things, they are possible, whether you're, you're spiritual or not, whether you're spiritually mature or not, this is for you. And I think that all of us can look over that list that we just read and probably put ourselves into one of those categories at least. Maybe many of those things. We've all come in and we're mourning. We've all come in and, and we feel low and we're persecuted for doing right. I love that it says, you know, people mocking you, people making you feel low because you serve me. We've all been there. And Jesus says, you're the ones that I'm looking to bless and to answer prayer. There's a, there's a great quote from, from a commentary, and I had them put this on the screen, but I want to read it to you. This is, this is encouraging. It says, God's provision in redemption is as extensive as the consequences of the fall. Think about that for a second. He's talking about the fall of Adam. He's talking about sin, sin in our life. God's provision in redemption is as extensive as the consequences of the fall. For sin, God provides forgiveness. If you've sinned tonight, God provides forgiveness for you, if you want it, amen? For death, God provides eternal and resurrection life. And for sickness, God provides healing. And you could add to that quote, you could continue. And I just began to think, I, I love the picture of that, that, that God's provision, when he died on the cross, he provided across any 
anything you could come up with, any sin you can think of, any mistake that you've made, anything that you might think disqualifies you, it's covered by Jesus Christ on the cross. Anything you're praying for is not too big because it's been covered by the cross. Amen. And I mean, you think about the Bible. I know that that we're, uh, you think about the Bible and you think about some of the crazy things that people did and, and that it's been covered. Think about David. He slept with a woman, got her pregnant, killed her husband off. That should have been it, right? But God somehow brings redemption and brought forgiveness in that situation. You think about Saul, who, who in the name of God took as many Christians as he could and tortured them and killed them. And yet God knocks him down and says, I want you to serve me. And he becomes Paul. I mean, there's just scripture after scripture, example after example of crazy things that seem impossible that God has done. You know what? There's some in here tonight. That, that have crazy testimonies. We were talking to our kids not too long ago, and, and they were talking about someone in the church, and we, said to, and we started to tell them all that God has done. And it's crazy. If, if we all knew all of our backgrounds, we would probably laugh, right? Because we're real people. We're common people who come from a real place of need. And that's why Jesus, we need Jesus. Amen? And that he covers us with the cross. Anything we can come up with, God has already provided the answer. Some of you, you've been fasting, you've been praying, you're looking for, for a need, or for an answer to your need. Maybe you're, you're looking to get over an addiction or a habit. Maybe you're praying for a healing in your body or, or for somebody. I just got, uh, not too long ago, some of you know Jesse from, from the church in Idaho. And, and, you know, he comes, him and his family come during conference, and we're friends, and so we talk every once in a while. And he, they just had their baby a few months ago, and she, maybe not even months, might have been weeks ago, and, uh, and she was in and out of the hospital and, and not getting a lot of hope, constantly losing weight. And he called me the, the other day to pray, and we prayed, and, and she's been healed. God has totally restored her. That's just one. And I'm sure there's some of you here tonight, you've been praying for some things, and God has already brought an answer. Or maybe he hasn't. I want to tell you, it's covered. Amen. It's covered. Don't complicate it. If you take nothing else from this message, just take, it's not complicated. Amen. Tonight, your prayer does not have to be complicated. Don't listen to the devil. Whatever tiredness, whatever distraction, whatever, you know, discouragement the devil's trying to bring against you. As soon as I say, let's pray, I'm telling you, because it happens to me, the devil's going to start all of a sudden, you're going to start feeling it. You're going to start hearing things. You're going to start, you know, whatever, needing to go to the bathroom, whatever it is. I want to tell you, don't complicate it. Prayer is about getting before God, being on before him. Talk to him. If you feel disqualified, tell him why. Tell God, I know I'm dealing with this. Forgive me. God, here's what I need. Please meet my need tonight. And God will do it. Amen. And then I want to close with this last scripture. Psalm 149, four through five. It says, for the Lord delights in his people. This is meant to encourage you. The Lord delights in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let the faithful rejoice that he honors them. Let them sing for joy as they lie on their beds. You know, I like this thought that God 
loves to honor me, that he, I mean, we should rejoice that God wants anything to do with us. I think that. I think, God, I don't know why you want anything to do with me, but what a blessing. Amen? What a miracle that God knows. I mean, God knows. I told you earlier, I don't know what you've done between Sunday and Wednesday. God does. And yet he wants us. He wants to honor us. He wants to meet our needs tonight. That's something, if nothing else encourages you to pray, that should. God cares and he wants to be involved in your situation. What a miracle that is. Amen. I know tonight we're facing some big needs and some heavy burdens, but listen, God cares. And what he did on the cross spans everything that you can imagine, anything and everything you can pray for. It's been taken, it's been purchased by Jesus Christ on the cross. And so tonight we're going to get before God. We're going to take our time and pray and get a hold of him. And the Holy Spirit is going to begin to move and we're going to see miracles done. Amen. God still does miracles. Praise God. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray tonight? I want to give an opportunity to you before we pray on our own. We'll find a place all over this sanctuary and just begin to pray. But maybe you're here tonight and you're not saved. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. You know, the gospel is simple. It's not complicated. It's got nothing to do with what you're able to do. It's got everything to do with Jesus Christ dying on the cross and raising again. And in that, he's taken your sin. Amen. The the Bible is simple. It says if you have Jesus, you're saved. And tonight, maybe you don't have Jesus in your heart. Maybe you've not prayed a prayer of salvation before, but you know you need to. You know you need a relationship with Jesus. You know you need more than religion, more than than a, a moral compass. You need Jesus Christ to come into your life and change you from the inside out. That's what salvation is. It's Jesus doing for us what we can't do on our own. And, and if that sounds like what you need tonight, I want to ask you to raise your hand with no one looking around. How many all over this place would just say, I need to pray and receive Jesus tonight? How many all over? I see these hands. God bless you. How many more? You need Jesus tonight. Doesn't matter how long you've been coming to church. Doesn't matter how good you think you are. Do you need Jesus? Maybe you're here and you've, you are a Christian. God bless you. I see these hands. You're a Christian. You've been coming to church. You love God, but you've made some mistakes. You've messed up. You've failed. Maybe you've betrayed God and tonight you just want to simply get back in right relationship with him. Can you believe that God loves you so much that he wants to receive you back again? And that's what he wants tonight. If that's you all over this place, how many would say, I need to come back and make my relationship with God right? If that's you, no matter what you've done, God is a redeemer. And his sacrifice on the cross covers whatever mistake you've made tonight. If that's you, just quickly, last call, just raise your hand. We're going to pray for you. Hallelujah. God bless these hands. Amen. I want to just lead us in a prayer of salvation tonight. If you raised your hand to be saved, especially, would you repeat this? Just say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I'm ashamed of what I've done. And you see it all. And I know that you offer me forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And that you want to save my life. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Wash me clean and make me a new person tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Praise God. I want to give time tonight. It's early. We went short so that we have plenty of time to pray. Uh, You can make a place down at the altar, at your seat, wherever in this room. But let's take some time and pray. Get a hold of God tonight. If If you're finished and we haven't dismissed yet, you can slip out. But for in this room, let's stick to praying. Let's keep the conversations to a minimum. Let's take time to pray to God, and then we'll close out together. We'll, we'll, we'll get together and pray. Just keep your eyes focused on God tonight, and let's see what he'll do. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you like this message, subscribe to our podcast channel for more episodes. We would love it if you would rate it and share it with your friends. For more content from Victory World Outreach and to learn more about us or to support this ministry, go to VWONow.com.